Yo, 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 welcome back to the Off The Waitlist Podcast. It's episode nine. Today I get to talk to Alicia Miller, uh, a staple in Seattle fitness, and really excited for you guys to hear this podcast. We talked for a long time about all sorts of things, Marvel, Star Wars, karaoke, all that good stuff. Uh, she's also uh, super chill, super cool, super warm, and you get to also hear from her bird. So without further ado, let's get it going. It is. Could it be for me? Hello. <laughs> I'm so excited to talk to you. Oh my goodness. I'm excited to talk to you. You're like the real, you're the real deal. Oh, I don't know about that. Can, can you hear me okay? I, I can definitely hear you. And I'm sorry about my parrot in advance. He'll quiet down. I love a, that. <laughs> after a little while, he's your like. Parrot, your parrot's trying to get his or hers. His. His, <laughs> his moment too. Yeah. Um, Hopefully he'll, he'll get, he'll be good. But. <laughs> I, I don't mind at all. Uh, as long as you don't mind that I'm eating gummies during this whole time. <laughs> Those look fantastic. Yeah. Um, what's going on? Uh, wait, before we get into that, sorry. I have like a whole outline that I usually do. Uh, let's just kind of dive in. What do you say? Let's do it. I'm like, I'm kind of scared. I'm like, oh my God, I was excited. No. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh no, scared. don't be scared. Don't be scared. <laughs> that's, that's like part of my job is to make you feel comfortable, right? So, um. What I do with my guests is I give them 60 seconds to introduce themselves and tell a little bit of their life story. Oh, oh boy. Okay. So I'll time you and I'll give you a little flash when you have like 15 seconds left. So you kind of have an idea. All right. Cool. This so will like, be fun. <laughs> yeah. So take a deep breath. <laughs> Here we go. One minute is on the clock in... Three, two, one, go. Okay. I'm Alicia Miller. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Canadian. I've lived in Ohio. I lived in Chicago. And now I've been in Seattle for like five years. Um, I live with my partner. And obviously, I have a bird. Um, <laughs> both my parents are still alive, which is awesome. I have a sister. Um, I'm an introvert who's good with people. <laughs> I'm definitely an empath. Um, I can definitely pick up on like what kind of vibes people are putting out there. And then I like make up stories about what I think they're thinking. <laughs> uh, I love Marvel and Star Wars and carbs and I don't like burpees. But yeah, I've been in the industry for a decade. <laughs> and uh, I'm in instructor development. So not only do I teach, but instructor development is kind of like my bread and butter of what I do. Mm. great oh my gosh perfect timing Woo. so i love that exercise because it really tells me a either what you're thinking about in that particular time or what's important to you and generally it's family related it's where you're from where you came from kind of your history which is really great i didn't know you're canadian right my um Time in the Midwest really ruined the accent. But, you <laughs> did know? you used to have? Did you used to have like a full-on accent? 
Oh, for sure. And like when I'm around other Canadians, it comes it, back. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so some things that I heard, the, the reason why I love this exercise is the wording and how important that is. You mentioned your parents are both still alive, which is kind of interesting to me. I don't know if you've dealt with people in the past that have had their parents decease or if that's, that was just some random thought, you know, you know, it's, it's really kind of fascinating the words that people choose, you know, you could have, you could have said, for example, Oh, you know, uh, I love my parents or something like that, but you chose the words, my parents are still alive. So like little things like that, I really find really <laughs> interesting, you know? Um, great. Well, this is Alicia, everyone. We randomly crossed paths, crossed paths at Studio 3. You were here for like a hot second. Yeah, it was great. I mean, awesome studio, great humans. Like Studio 3 kind of came on my radar. Well, I, I remember when it very, very first opened, but I didn't, I didn't get a chance to like understand who was there and what it was all about. But mm. then y'all really popped up on my radar during the pandemic because you had such a wonderful online presence and you kind of like hit the ground running. And, and that's when like you popped up on my radar and Rachel and I was like, wow, what a fantastic community. So like, I'm glad I got to experience it, you know? Yeah. That's so fun. Uh, speaking of the pandemic, how's, how have you been holding up over the past year and a half? How's, how's everything going? How's your, how's your mental, physical, all that good stuff, health going? Wow. You know, like I think my mental health contributed to my physical strength that I think I built up during the pandemic um, because things were so tough for me mentally. Then I felt like the physical part was actually really easy because of how hard, how hard the emotional part was. Um, and I'm sure this will come up at some point, but like, you know, I was, I was like, my identity was just flywheel. It was flywheel sports. I was a master instructor for flywheel sports and the company went completely bankrupt. And I had to um, figure out who am I like without flywheel? That mm. was like my whole identity. So that was quite, it is, it's still ongoing you know, that journey. But um, physically, I got a whole lot stronger during the pandemic because I was without a bike for a while. And I was like, what is exercise without a bike? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what, is, what is my thing when that thing gets taken away? Yeah, uh, what is a push-up? What is a bicep curl? Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Like, I, I've been doing this thing for a long time, but like, it was really great to dive into the, the hit stuff, the yoga, mm. the, the plyos, just like, you know, expand. So it was a blessing in some aspects, I guess. Yeah. That's so it's interesting because like so many of us, we, we had to pivot away with, with your particular situation and everyone at flywheel. It was, I mean, for us on the outside, it seemingly came out of nowhere. All of a sudden it was just, boom. And so many people love that community. I've taken lots of classes there as well. And it was, it was kind of eye opening on our end to be like, dang, like flywheels just gone. And we could, we could feel that void in the community of, especially for our, you know, cycle riders and things like that. What, 
how was, how was dealing with that experience, you know, going from, like you said, a master trainer to all of a sudden, you know, having your identity tied to flywheel to trying to find new things. Um, it really, it showed me a lot of things, I guess. It showed me like the loyalty of some people. Um, it kind of opened my eyes to like, you know, people who really just want to follow you, mm. um, which is wonder, like, it makes me, brings a tear to my eye when I think about it, you know, like mm -hmm. that type of thing. Um, it kind of opened my eyes to like that, but then the other side of that, of people like, you know, like you were great. Now I got my Peloton. See you never. Yep. And I was just like, holy, okay, I guess that's it. Yeah. You know, um, or like, and, and again, like people have to do what they have to do. And I, I completely respect that. True. Um, and then just like trying to figure out, well, flywheel was such a specific format and type of cycle. Um, and even though like I pride myself on being able to pretty much teach any kind of cycle, any type of format, whether it's a rhythm ride or a metrics ride, I'm like, well, where do I want to land now? I know I'm going to cycle, but I'm going to teach indoor cycling, but like, where am I going to go? Mm. Um, so like, that was a whole, that was tough. Cause I like, I don't like to like jump around a lot. I like to pick a place and I just like to stay there. So I knew whatever I decided it was going to have to be like, it was going to be a big decision for me. Yeah. Something so really stable. Of, like, yeah. Yeah. Just a lot of decisions, a lot of like thinking, a lot of reflecting. And I don't know if I answered your question. No. So, yeah, <laughs> you did. And like, it's, it's hard. It's just a hard transition phase like you said, when you, you tie your identity to something, and I'm sure all three people who are listening to this has, can, some, can somewhat relate to having your identity tied to something and have that something be taken away, you know? And it's, I think it's just important to have these conversations and, and, you know, help people where we can to, you know, we go through it too, you know, as much as we seem to have our shit together like i mean really ours is like more kind of combustible in a sense because it's like this i mean the pandemic took everything away so we had to like hustle you know and um, to our listeners you know like moses and i will let you in on a secret here it's like when you're teaching a fitness class and you're teaching several fitness classes a week it really helps you avoid the real problems that are going on inside of you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Don't pull the curtain back too much now. <laughs> and if you don't have those classes to teach, then you have to take a good, long, hard look. And it's like, oh no, where did this all come from? How is this going on inside of me? How did I avoid it for so long? You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I, I don't know about you, but for me, classes fuel me. It's like rocket fuel. Oh, yeah. So when that was taken away for so long, luckily I got my dog during that time. So I was distracted and dove into playing video games again and, and kind of just like relax. But, you know, to your point, it was, it was like, all right, well now what do I, do I look for another job? What's going to happen? Um, anyway, 
enough, enough COVID stuff. Right. Uh, just, just wanted to check in. Uh, something I always ask is what were you like as a kid growing up? I always like to figure out what you, what people were like as a kid. Oh boy. Well, I grew up in, when I was a little kid, I was in Niagara Falls and like a lot of people, when they think Niagara Falls, they're like, Oh my gosh, like, uh, tourist stuff everywhere and all that stuff. And that's a hundred percent true. Um, a lot of my aunts and uncles and everybody that they, they were in it. My mother was the manager of that big best Western hotel. So like, I was always like playing around at the hotel with my mom and like, it was just so cool. I had a really happy time as a child growing up because people would always come in and visit us cause they wanted to see Niagara Falls. Mm. Um, and that was really cool. Um, I was also like randomly, and I don't know how this happened, but like, I just really wanted to be a boy <laughs> when I was a kid. I just like wanted to play with the boys. I, I like would like dress like a boy. I just wanted to like catch all the bugs and like do all the, <laughs> yeah, like catch the frogs. There was one time I lived by a creek and I was like in heaven because I just wanted to do that. Um, so I don't know where that came from, but that was totally a thing. Um, yeah. And then um, my dad got laid off. He was at this, he's a chemical engineer and he was at this job for like 15 years. He got laid off. And for whatever reason, we ended up in Ohio. And like, I didn't even know anything about the States when I was a kid. So I heard Ohio and I was like, oh, it sounds tropical. Ohio. <laughs> and if anybody knows anything about Ohio, <laughs> I was like, oh, well, this is not what I thought it would be. But yeah. So just you know, just like a stable, I guess you would say like a stable upbringing, but with a lot of moving for mm. a while. And unfortunately, like my dad, because of the whole immigration stuff um, and like the work visa and all that jazz, like my dad had to work away from home a lot. Mm. Um, and so by the time we were all able to be a family again and live in the same place again, I was already like a senior in high school at that point. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I got, I got married super young, right out of college and moved to Chicago right away. Um, and I was married for 11 years. So I would say that I feel successful about that. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it was tough, you know, when it ended and everything like that, but, um, yeah. And then I got into fitness when I was in Chicago yeah, I was going to say, wh where did fitness start to come into play? Like, what before you started training, were you into fitness? Did you like working out? What kind of workouts did you like? Was it always cycle? Well, I thought that I was going to be a runner forever. Um, like, in high school, I ran cross country. Then I really, I went to, like, a really small school in college and ran cross country and track in college. And so it only seemed natural that when I graduated to sign up for just run marathons because that's mm. or, or 5Ks around the city in Chicago. But then I realized that like my body isn't really, unless I did some kind of like great cross training, which I didn't have knowledge about at the time, I just kept getting hurt because my body just wasn't like made, I guess, to put that kind of distance all the time on the road. So that's right. when I just started going to the gym and going to like cycle classes. My sister was like, come to spin class with me. And I was like, yeah, yeah wh whatever. <laughs> Um, <laughs> as, as, as I think all of us were at one point. Yeah. And I just started going to classes and I was like, 
I missed being in team sports so much that I didn't know how to recreate it. And then being in a group exercise class, I was like, this is like very kind of similar vibe. Yeah. I'm sure you played sports. So I don't know if you got the same vibes. For sure. For sure. For me, growing up playing basketball, running track is a little different because it's individual, but at the same time, it is kind of a team sport. Um, what, what sports did you play? I definitely played basketball too. Um, but then I started getting out muscled. So like my, my coaching back in the day, it wasn't a, like, too. I wish they would have like helped us lift more and like, yeah. you know, for, yeah, um, for me, I shot to like five, eight by the time I was in, I was pretty much my height in middle school. Me too. So, and I was used to my body. So coordination, athleticism. So while everyone was figuring all that out, I was there. So I was really, really good in eighth grade. And then once high school hit, everyone started catching up. And then to your point, like, it's just was like people who are six, four are just as quick as I am and just as skilled as I am. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> like what, like what's going on here? So it was, it felt unfair. Agreed. You know, like I could shoot, I'm a great shooter, like a yeah. baseline shooter. That was my situation. But yeah, I just, they, they kept putting me as like a post instead of a wing. And then I kept getting shoved around. Mm. So I was like, why are you doing this? But yeah. running, you know, I ended up switching. So there we go. Cool. Uh, yeah. what, so from Canada to Ohio, how did we land in Seattle? Oh my gosh. So I ran away. Like, it feels like I ran away. <laughs> I'm like trying to get really honest with it. Like I yeah. love Chicago. I think about Chicago every day. I lived there for a decade. Um, I was at Flywheel. I wanted to stay with Flywheel so badly. Um, there was a lot of stuff going on with Flywheel Chicago and the fact that like, they really wanted us to like get our numbers back up as a Chicago region. We were like, they basically tasked me, tasked me. They were like, we want you to like hire new people. We want you to train them. We want you to get this team back to like what it was before, like the business kind of started not doing great. So they made a bunch of leadership changes. They really kind of like thrust me in there. And from the time that I had there, I think I did a really great job. I like rebuilt. I just sat in the back of that room for months, just from open to close, just when classes were going on, I would just sit in the back and try to figure out like, what's one thing we can all do better, make this consistent, make it strong. Mm. And I spent so much time under all that pressure mm. that I got really, really drained. And then I went on vacation with my husband at the time we went to Seattle and I felt energized at Flywheel Seattle. Like I took a class, I taught a couple classes as a guest and then they kind of like inceptioned me. <laughs> the, uh, They're like, oh, we got to get her out here. Yeah. The manager at the time and like Alex Sweeney, like, gosh, she's like my number one. She was like, if you move here, like I would totally support it, you know? And then like the seed was planted. <laughs> just, you know, just throwing it out there. <laughs> so I did. I was just like, you know, I was able to relocate with Flywheel and like start this new life in Seattle. Mm. What, uh, were you still married at the time where you, when you moved? Yeah. And I think that was part of the running away part too. I thought maybe like, cause I was starting to like, I was starting to 
get a little checked out and with a lot of problems I didn't address. Mm. And I thought maybe if we moved, maybe my problems wouldn't follow me. Yeah. Like a change of scenery. <laughs> totally. Like, yeah. But turns out wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> Nuggets. You can't, yeah. you can't necessarily run away. Totally. From, from what it is you're trying to <laughs> run away from. Sometimes you got to face them head on. That's, that's a really, that's a really important lesson because you know, as, as many times as you could hear it and learn it, like still happens, you know, I still do it. It's just like one of those things where, you know, you try to find escape and, uh, it's, it's kind of always there. Um, what, so when, when you started taking classes, just moving backwards a little bit, was it one of those things where when you started taking spin classes, you kind of saw yourself as an instructor like was it right away where you're like oh i could def i could see myself doing that because for me the vision always comes first like if the vision comes first and then that's when i'm i'm in my head i'm like oh i could do that I, i'm i want to pursue that yeah exactly what you're talking about like once i figured out like how to ride the bike well um i started really feeling the music and yeah like you had said like you had mentioned like i started visualizing myself doing it. Mm. So hundred percent. Yes, for sure. Yeah. It's, that's always kind of the first step. Cause I've heard like through talking to people, I've heard a few different things. Some people just did fitness for a long time without even knowing that they wanted to do it. And then the opportunity came. So I, like, I feel you in the sense that we're probably very similar in that way where the vision was so clear that it was, it was hard to ignore. Yes. It, it like was so hard to ignore that like, and I don't know if you kind of, if your fitness journey kind of overlapped with whatever you're doing before, like corporate journey or whatever it was where you were going, but mine, you know, overlapped. So I was in like this insurance job that I kind of hated. And so I would do, I would teach classes like in the morning and the evenings, weekends. And I was willing to like exhaust myself because the vision was so clear and eventually yeah. like get to the point where I'm like, Oh, I can do this full time. But I was willing to like put myself through anything yeah. to like get to that other side. That that's, that brings up another good point. If someone's listening to this and they they're doing fitness part-time or thinking about it and they want to get to full-time, do you have any pieces of advice for that person who maybe wants to go full-time? Oh gosh, you'll have to tell me what you think about this. But um, I think just take anything and everything that's offered to you. If it works within your availability, even if it's quote, a shitty time slot, like no time slot is a shitty time slot. If you're first starting out and one person is in your class, that's one person that didn't know you before. You really have to like, you have to be willing to like grind yep. and show up, you show your face anywhere where you can that that type of consistency is so huge because i completely agree it's like acting in a big way when you're when you first start getting acting you kind of want to do a bunch of stuff at least this is one philosophy right you just want to get a bunch of stuff so you can build experience you know so you can hear the lingo so you can understand what hitting your mark means so you can understand 
you know, what directors like, what other actors like, as far as like being a scene partner. And you just kind of build tools in your tool belt. Same thing with fitness, right? You know, as different as all the modalities are, group fitness is, teaching group fitness is a lot of the same. So to your point, try everything. And that one person, A, I've, I've had classes with one person in it and I've, I've taught many classes in like less desirable timeframes, like the 9.30 AMs or like the 10.30 AMs. And it's just like, no one comes to these classes, like, you know, depending on where, where we are and like the demographic. But if I don't walk away knowing those four people in class and knowing their names, then that's a problem. You know, totally. that, that's how you start building community is those small classes, because at least, you know, those four, four people are coming back. So when you know those four people and two new people come in, I'm like, all right, I know my four. Now it's time to bring in two new. So these two new people are going to get the same love that these four people are going to get. And that's how you start building. That's, I think that's really there's, there's probably people out there who are like, no, you don't want to do anything and everything. Um, but I'm of the, I'm of that same mindset of, you know, you got to do, you got to do things, you know, and, and it's hard being full-time fitness. It's, it's difficult to find, especially just one place. Generally you got to teach at multiple places, um, which I know you do. <laughs> a couple. Yeah. Just, just a few. So that's also the other thing is, is that it's, you know, you gotta, you gotta stay open, you know, to new opportunities. I think, um, good, good advice. Good advice. Yeah, like we, we might be, it's, I think we're very similar in this part too, like being, um, full time. I heard you talk. I can't remember if it was Colleen or Sonia. Cause of course I'm a faithful listener mm. to, of the off the waitlist podcast. Yeah. Thanks for um, the plug. <laughs> Of course, faithful listener. Um, you talk like you talked about how like I don't really do anything. Like you talked about like I don't do anything like socially or whatever. And I and I was thinking to myself like, yeah, you do kind of have to be willing if you really are serious about it. Like for a while at least, like boundaries. <laughs> like you know, how people like I only want to do a couple of things. Mm. Like you kind of have to like if you really want it. Like you may have to like un push your boundaries to the side for a little bit. Yeah. You know, as, as hard of a truth that is, mm. um, I don't know. I struggle with boundaries though. Yeah, me too. Cause it's <clears throat> in the past, it's been a problem with my relationships because for me, I like give evenly. So when I give evenly, my significant other feels like everybody else. And it's just like, not a great, look, uh, to like to be in a relationship. So that's just something that I'm growing with. Um, but because of those boundaries where it's like 11 at night and someone's like, Hey, can I get off the wait list? And I'm like, you know, there's like no hours that are close. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like Which I'm sure you go through all the time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Accessible. And like, I'm, when you were talking about like, it, it, it bleeding into your relationships, I was like, I was thinking about that emoji where like, you're raising your hand. <laughs> like, I was like, yes, Moses. Yeah. You know, just keeping it real. <laughs> 
yeah, just being like the more accessible, the more access people have to you, like the more they, they will take, but you also don't like, if you're the type of person that you are and that I am, it's like, you don't, you feel bad, like closing yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because we're community builders, you know, like, we're yeah. like, we don't want to like push anyone away, or make them feel bad. And it goes back to what you were saying earlier, because you realize who shows up for you, no matter what. Right. And, and for me, I think I do a relatively good job of keeping level headed about that. Like, you know, people are always like, Oh, your class is great, blah, blah, blah. Um, what happens when all that goes away? Are you still going to show up? You know, and uh, you know, what happens if you move? Like, are you still going to show up? Mm -hmm. Seattle's a little different. Seattle's just tricky in general because it takes 45 minutes to go two miles. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, <laughs> but to, like to your point, I, th I think the, what's, helped keep me level-headed about the whole that whole situation is because that can really weigh i've seen it weigh on trainers a lot um is people not showing up who said they were going to show up for you like no matter what is that you know i'm not as good as everyone says i am and i'm not as bad as a, as what people might say that i am so that's that's you know you know what i mean so that's how i justify in my head to like keep cool about it because and i think that's an athlete thing too you know, you hear star athletes be like, I, you know, I'm probably not as good as people say I am. And I know, I know I'm not as bad as people say I am. So, you know, living in that comfort zone. <laughs> That's great. I, I've actually never thought of, I always tend to default because of my wonderful imposter syndrome that I suffer for. It's my favorite disorder. Um, I never, <laughs> <laughs> I never circle back to the, I'm never as bad mm. part. Mm -mm -mm. So I'm, glad you spoke that that's that's the most important part yeah totally missing that part and and i have to like <clears throat> i think as trainers like we and, and instructors like we think about like when we keep saying to like our colleagues oh i keep meaning to get into your class i keep meaning to get into your class and then we think about things that are going on in our lives and it's not personal against that colleague or that, that instructor and so we have to potentially try to extend that same grace to like people that said they were going to show up that aren't right. I know it's not like, I know it's not personal, but like it can also just like, like hurt. On we're, some we're human. Yeah. We're yeah. human. And, and, we, <laughs> and we feel that we feel it. I think there is for any trainer who's listening to this, there is an understanding when trainers are like, I'm going to try to make it out to your class. Like everyone knows it's like, we you know, we all probably teach around the same time. Mm -hmm. Am I really going to wake up at 5.15 a.m. to go take a class? That takes a lot of effort, you know. Totally. I, I pour into my classes, so, you know. I, but, like, I think there's a general understanding that trainers, like, you know, if we can make it to class, we're going to try our best. But, like, I get it. I think, I think we all kind of get it. Totally. Totally, totally. Um, how, what's, it, what's it like to – to mentor people. I know at like flow fitness, for example, you're kind of the director program ish. I'm, yeah. I'm probably saying exactly. that wrong, but that's my exact title director oh. program ish. Yeah. Yeah. yeah ish. 
Uh, just kidding. But yeah, I was no, very close. I'm the cycle program director for Flow Fitness. Um, so I've been mentoring instructors since 2013. Mm. So we're like, we're going on some years here. And like, the coolest thing that I, that I think that exists about it, at least as far as I'm concerned, is not only the moment where it's the visualization. Mm. So you, you talked to me before about visualization of visualizing yourself as an instructor. Well, when you see somebody who's like just starting out and they're kind of green, you can visualize what they're going to look like in a year, True. in two years, six months, if, they're, if they've got that potential. And my favorite part is seeing that visualization come to light. Um, that's my favorite part. And the other favorite part is like being better about, um, and this is selfish, like being learning about how other people learn. Mm. So like priding myself on being like, well, if this didn't work, then I'm going to try this. Yeah. If this didn't work, I'm going to try this. And if I've, ex- if I've, if I've exhausted all my ways that I know different ways that people learn and if they don't get it at that point, I'm just like, okay, you know, it's not on me anymore. Right. I, I feel that I'm starting to get into that a little bit more and where I struggle with is when someone's been an instructor already, right? Because <laughs> for me, I'm like, I'm very easy to please when it comes to fitness and group fitness. Like, because I just kind of zone out. I don't really, like, I don't get in that space where, like, constructive criticism is the first thing I think about. I just kind of zone out and work out with like the group as if I'm a member. So unless it's something's like really off, then I'll think about it. But otherwise it takes a lot to get to that point for me. Um, so I always appreciate mentors like yourself who can, who can do that. So I don't know if you have, uh, this is where I'm going with this. Tell me a story if you can, if you can think of one of like, <laughs> A, a, a mentor or trainee session gone wrong. <laughs> oh, you know, like obviously you don't need to mention names. Um, it's when, and this has happened. There's like one specific person I can think about, but it's happened to me more than once when I can't get through like a whole sentence without the person trying to like get defensive or explain why they did what they did in the class. And I'm just like, I'm not interested in that. Can you please help me just get the message out to you by just please listening so that I can get through this. This feedback session will go a lot quicker Mm. if you check your ego at the door and allow me to impart upon you this knowledge that you actually really need. Mm. (laughs) So yeah, I had a person and it's just like, I couldn't get through a sentence and I really wish in the moment I would have called her out and been like, you need to like, you need to check yourself and allow me to talk. Yeah. Um, I just kind of like, I would just like back off and allow her to talk because I'm like, this has nothing to do with me. Right. Cause I know I'm giving very sound, very fair, very good, you know, feedback here. So I know that if I just like back off and help her feel more comfortable, like we're going to get through this. Right. Um, so I like kind of just, you didn't want to fight fire with fire necessarily. Yeah. I really like to, when it comes to feedback, 
I like to pick my battles. And I know you had mentioned people who are already instructors. Like some, those are the really tough ones sometimes yeah. if they don't want to, you know, like if they don't want to just like humble themselves enough to, to listen. It's, it's, it's why they don't teach Jedis after a certain age. Right. Because <laughs> they've learned too much. You know, that's why they didn't want to take on Anakin. That's why Yoda was powerful. like, nah, yep, you're too old. Too old. Too old. You've learned too much already. Can't mold you. I wondered if we were going to get to like a Star Wars reference or like a Marvel <laughs> reference. Um, yeah, I'm all about it. Have you, have you watched the new Star Wars series like Mandalorian and... and uh... Yes, um, I have. And I saw that, that um, Boba Fett was announced coming out in December. So yeah, I'm that's psyched. really exciting. <laughs> yeah, that's really exciting. Uh, I, I, so don't get mad at me, all my Star Wars people. I haven't finished Mandalorian, <laughs> but I'm working on it. Oh my gosh, will you please message me when you watch? You'll know what scene it is. I'm just, yeah. all I'm going to say, once you get there, it's, I believe it's the last episode. You have to message Ooh. me. All right. And tell me what you think. Everyone who's listening to this, that scene is like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what she's talking about. I have goosebumps just thinking about it, and I can't wait for you to experience it. And I'm kind of jealous that I can't just go back in time and experience it for the first time. Oh, uh, wouldn't that be the best if you could do that? It would. Have, have, you, have you seen Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Yes. Where, yes. like, you can erase certain <laughs> memories. I wish we could do that with movies. Yeah. But still remember that you like the movie, but you just don't remember anything. So you know you want to watch it. Because yeah. sometimes with me, I get stuck watching the same movies because I know I love it and I don't want to watch anything new. You know? Totally. Like it's hard to, it's hard to invest into, <laughs> into something new for me. Like I could watch, I could watch Avengers Endgame over and over and over again. Heck yes. Just because for like from the beginning to the end, it's just the emotion and like, oh. um, it just really gets me. I watched, I watched it three times in the theater. Every, like every time, the last 90 minutes, the first time I watched it, the last 90 minutes of the movie, I just cried the whole time. Yes. It was, it was one of those things where, because I actually hadn't, been into the MCU for a really long time. Like I had seen all the way through Guardians of the Galaxy, Black Panther, the first Avengers, and Captain Marvel. Those are the only four movies I had seen through its entirety. I'd watch bits and pieces of all the other ones, but I didn't know the full story. So when I started getting into it, I rewatched everything. I was like, all right, I'm starting from the first Iron Man. I'm watching in, in order that they were released. I did the same. Yeah, same. so I started that big marathon, and then I just fell in love with it. Couldn't, couldn't, put, it, couldn't put it away. And, and so, and here we are, like, a couple years later, and I, like, I can't stop watching. Agreed. Who's, who's, <laughs> who's your favorite uh, MCU person? Oh, man. Oh gosh. I mean, like my partner is huge into Peter Parker, mm. Spider-Man. So like, I just, I love Spider-Man and I loved, I actually really liked Into the Spider-Verse, so the animated good. one, Miles so, Morales. So I'm like, he's yes. incredible. Like his character, just like him being a kid and like, 
him finding his his like athleticism as yeah. spider-man it's just it's a beautiful thing Ugh. it is um i love no what about you what about tell me uh it very it changes it ebbs and flows generally i'm i love captain america uh it's like what i like you know his morality his uh his ability to stand up for what he believes is right is something that i really admire because for me when i think about fight or flight mode i'm probably more flight versus kind of standing up for what i believe in i'd rather just not get into like a battle you know same uh, so like, I really always look up to people who stand up for what they believe in. And I think Cap kind of encapsulates that uh, better than anyone. I love Cap. And you know, that moment in Endgame where I think it was Bruce Banner or like, I can't remember if it was Bruce Banner or if it was um, Tony Stark or like, oh, we need to call Steve Rogers. Like the first time you hear that name. Yeah. Like the goosebumps. You're like, yeah, yeah I get Steven here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like literally the whole last 90 minutes of that movie, it was, I was like, this is the, this is the ending that we deserve. Like it wasn't, I wasn't crying out of sadness. It was more like, this is the fan service was so good that this is like the ending we all deserved, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Um, and like Thor, Thor needs yeah. an honorable mention. Yeah. Thor, Thor's pretty dope. Uh, I recently watched Shang-Chi and it's really, really good. I love I it. haven't listened to your episode yet because I need to watch it. What I'm yes. going to do my plan is I'm going to watch it and then I'm going to listen to your episode. Yeah, so watch it. Uh, <laughs> I have a few uh, addendums to that podcast after watching it a second and third time. But yeah, well, I'll be interested to, to hear your thoughts too. Because, um, well, A, I'm really embarrassed because throughout the whole movie or throughout the whole podcast, I'm saying Shang-Chi and it's Shang-Chi and it's really embarrassing. <laughs> so I had to put a disclaimer at the beginning of, of the podcast being like, uh, listen, I say Shang-Chi throughout the whole podcast. I'm really sorry. I know it's Shang-Chi, but- uh, You anyway. know what, like, I guess that's the price of like- putting yourself out there you know <laughs> yeah, like, yeah this is i'm sure like even though you're the one that's like asking all the questions and everything like this is very like vulnerable for you because yeah. you're literally you know? anybody could listen to this you're putting yourself out there true true yeah. thank you for that i needed of to course. hear that <laughs> <laughs> um okay we're gonna go into like quick hitters now. So we have different levels to this. Level one's pretty easy. It's like one word answers. Level two is gonna be like a little trickier, but not too crazy. Maybe like a few words, a sentence or two. And then level three is where we get kind of nitty gritty. Okay, ready? Sweet, okay, okay. Level one, are you a pizza or a taco person? Taco. Ooh, any favorite taco spots that we should check out? Um, you know, I love you, Seattle, but like, I haven't found like my taco holy grail yet. Um, That's fair. you know, but I, I think the reason why I chose tacos is just because like, there's a lot more tacos to me are more complicated than pizza is. True. <laughs> True. There's a lot more going on yeah. to me, to me, a Supreme pizza tastes pretty much the same as just a plain cheese pizza. I'm going to have to agree with you. 
I don't even know if I'm a pizza or a taco person. I, I'd have to think about that. So I don't like, I don't know. Um, dogs or cats? Ah, uh, dogs. Or birds. Yeah, I was going to say, I know birds isn't an answer. You know, I, I do have to say that how much I'm excited about how much like internet fame birds are now finally getting. Yeah, it took, birds. It took too long. You know, if, if I were to buy stock in an animal, it would probably be a bird. Although I might have missed, missed the jump to your point. <laughs> right. Um, and again, thank you for everyone's patience listening to my bird in the background of this. What's your bird's name? Podcast. Sammy. <laughs> Sammy. Sammy no, is a grumpy Sammy. old man. <laughs> How long have you had Sammy? I've had him for 14 years. Dang. Yeah, he's been through everything with me. Wow. And yeah. Sammy's trying to be like, no, she didn't. <laughs> yep. He could, t- I mean, yeah, he could. Yeah. He, he, knows, he knows all your truths. <laughs> he really does. Um, beach or nature? Uh, used to be nature, but now like beach Ooh. all the way. What changed? Way. Um, I think I realized how much I love drinking on the beach. Yes. <laughs> and just like cracking open a good old seltzer and just like spending all day baking. I was going to say, <laughs> what's your favorite go-to drink on the beach? I mean... Whiskey doesn't go very well with the beach. That's like my favorite <laughs> drink. I can just imagine someone on the beach just like, ah, whiskey. Exactly. So I had to make a couple modifications, you know, but now I can just, I can just white claw. The, it, the taste just blends together. It doesn't really yep. matter. Like yep. it's a good beach drink. Yeah. I feel you. Um, okay. We're moving on to level two. What's your favorite treat meal? I call it a treat meal, not a cheat meal. I love that you call it that. Um, <laughs> Gosh, lots of potato type things. I mean, my family is Scottish, so I really love like pies, like meat pies, like Ooh. chicken pot pies, Ooh. meat pies. I love shepherd's pie, like big comfort dishes. Yeah. I love me a chicken pot pie. Yeah. I grew, I grew up eating a lot of chicken pot pie, just like Stouffer's microwave, just pop it in there. Chicken pot I feel like, pie. Uh, Steve Rogers would probably love chicken pot pie. It's a very American. <laughs> very American. He's like, Thanksgiving. I love it. <laughs> uh, do you have any hidden talents that not a lot of people know about? Uh, Other than taking care of a bird for 14 years? Lord. I think my hidden talent is making people feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. That's a good one because we don't even think about it. Yeah. It's just sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> a sneaky mental health ninja. Yeah. I like that. Uh, do you have a fir- uh, favorite podcast or a show obsession right now that we should all be watching? Um, I really like this. This podcast will kill you. You can get really nerdy about infectious diseases randomly. I started listening to it before the pandemic ironically and i started learning about like all these infectious diseases and that the two hosts are just super humble and relatable and they're wonderful um and then i started listening to there's only two seasons i started listening to the dream it's about uh pyramid schemes oh so that was cool okay what was the first one called 
Oh, the first uh, show? Yeah. Uh, this podcast will kill you. Oh, oh, I thought you were saying, <laughs> I thought you were saying like, oh my God, this podcast is going to kill you. It, like, <laughs> right. It's literally called, yeah. this podcast will kill you. That's great. Yeah, yeah. And then dreams. The dream. The dream. Yeah. Okay. Just the dream. So I've been a part of MLM in the past. Don't get mad at me. I actually really like the model. Interesting. Yeah. I, I'm a defender of the model. I don't, I, I don't do it anymore. And I found relative success with it. Um, but it makes you like, people think that, you know, you terms like get rich quick scheme, get thrown, mm -hmm. thrown around. And it's anything. I think it's anything, but that it's a lot of hard groundwork to be done. Generally, yeah. you, have, you have a product to sell, right? And goal number one, if you're in the right organization and they teach you right, is you sell the product. And that's how you make a majority of your money. Yeah, you don't become, you don't become the consumer of the product that you don't sell, right? Exactly. You, you kind of flip the script and you become the one that benefits. And Yes, yeah. 100%. So... I could, uh, I want to listen to that podcast because yes. I get, I get really excited <laughs> talking about multi-level marketing. I don't like, like I, I, I'm a defender of it most of the time, most of the time. Yeah. Um, then you should, you need to listen to it and let me know what you think. Um, Cause yeah, there are like a very small percentage of people that do find success. Yeah. So, it's, it's fucking yeah. hard. It's really hard. And you get, laughed at you get doors slammed in your face you get you get all of that so i respect that grind but i stopped that grind um uh -huh. after finding <laughs> mediocre success okay we're gonna we're gonna move on uh level three. Oh no 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 sorry we got a few more um level two what did you want to be when you were a child when you were a kid growing up i wanted to be a marine biologist wow yeah, I like loved, I loved animals and I loved like shark week, all that jazz. Yeah. Give me all the sharks. And then I realized that it involved having to be really good at science. And then, you know, that went out the window. I'm, I'm glad other people are scientists and not me. Same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like science. I'm not yep. trying to learn. I'm not trying. I mean, you know, for me, you know, science is great. Um, is there, uh, now we'll move on to level three. What advice would you give your younger self? If you could go back and be like, listen, Alicia. Oh my gosh. Like I would just tell myself to believe in myself period. Mm -hmm. Like there are so many years there and like, you know, I happen to be one of those kids that like, because I was weird <laughs> it was just easy for other kids to make fun of me. Um, but if I would have just not given any shits what anybody thought, and I just like owned the weirdness, I wonder how different things would turn out for me mm. now, you know? That's, you're not the only one. That's such an interesting what if in a lot of people's lives. Because 
<clears throat> when you're a kid, you always want to conform, right? You always want to be part of the cool group. And uh, at least, at least I did. Mm -hmm. And so it always, um, it always hurt. For me, I was in this weird phase uh, because I did all the quote unquote cool stuff. I was a jock. I was, you know, I was on leadership, but at the same time I did the kind of, when we were growing up, they were kind of uncool, like the whole choir thing. And, and I was uh, in theater and I was in jazz choir. And so I had this whole eclectic thing that I enjoyed doing, which nowadays would be really cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, but you know, back in the day it was like, Oh, you know, that's so dumb or, or whatever, you know, all that toxic bullshit that we grew up with. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, I know. Yeah. I did all the choir stuff too. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, oh, do you like karaoke? Uh, it, like it's everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, how do I express, how do I truly express the depth the pause, oh, the pause did it. <laughs> like the depth Do you like karaoke? Long pause. Uh, <laughs> yes. You know what? We need like to have an instructor. Karaoke would be Oh insane. my God. That would be so fun. All the showmanship would come out. It would be, we would probably have to reserve the entire like space because we would be so disruptive. For eight hours. Yeah, because we have <laughs> just, endless energy and we yeah. know all the songs. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, for sure. That would be a lot of fun. We'll we'll try to make that happen. <laughs> what's your what's like three go to karaoke songs? Oh my god! Well, it was funny because Colleen said it the other day. Give me one reason by Tracy Chapman is just yes. so. She and I like I was in the car listening and I was like I like yelled because I was like I was just thinking that and you manifested it so that and um you ought to know by Alanis Morissette yes and I'm just a girl by No Doubt yes uh, I mean I'm dating myself totally but um yes we are <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think we're the we're like the same age so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's so funny that karaoke got brought back into this podcast because yes. wait what about you what's your what's your what do you sing? Well, songs? like like Colleen and I talked about, we it, it you really got to read the room, right? So That's I right. have I have my rap song that I go to, I have my ballad song that I go to, I have a country song that I can pull out of my bag. So it just kind of depends. Yeah, it's really it's Sweet. really random. Um, uh, what are some short term and some long term goals that you have, if any? And is that anything that you think about? Uh, short term, I think like any of the pros, fit pros that are listening to this, just like make it out of this, make it out of like, try to get back to where we were before, uh, like attendance wise and like money making wise. And I just want to make it to the other side. That's my short term girl, short term goal. Yeah. Long term, you know, like. I've thought about like what it would be like to have my own place someday, things like that. But like, I don't know if I can make all those hard decisions. Um, I feel you. You know, so maybe someday like either, I don't know, maybe just keep doing the director stuff, but maybe teaching a little less so that my, so that I get a little rest. Yeah. So it's pretty, pretty vague, but like, 
yeah, I love what I do. So I just would like a little more, more energy, I guess. Yeah. I feel you. Cause it's one of those things where I know my pocket is teaching and I don't want to leave it because I love it so much and it's hard to venture out into something else because it's like, Oh, but I love this. And this gives me so much joy. And I'm afraid that if I go into management or ownership, it's going to take the joy out. Yeah, it, it is tough. And I think having a team that's, that's good to manage um, helps it a little bit, but there are moments, there are days I wake up and I'm just like, when things get really tough on the management side, I'm just like, Oh God, like I need to do something different. This is too mm. stressful. Mm. Um, but the good outweighs the bad for the sure. right now for me, for the most sure. part. Uh, speaking of that, waking up and kind of pushing through, what's your why? Like what's the reason for you to get up out of bed? What's your reason to do early classes and late classes and classes with two people in it sometimes? Um, my why is just like to help people. I think about how much I need help. And like when my friends are really there for me or my family is really there for me, my sister, when she like calls me and asks me how I'm doing or my mom, like I want to be that um, for somebody, even if it's a stranger, even without like, without like suffocating them and being like, let me be here for you. But just like, like, just, I know that if I don't show up, they might not get what they need and they might not get that help to get them through the day. Mm. That's a, that's a good why. Um, what's, what's one thing you would want to change in the fitness industry? Um, <laughs> might be more than one thing, but just one thing. Yeah. I thought about little things. Cause it's just like, you know, all the things about like, oh my God, it would be great if we all like made a million dollars, you know, <laughs> we're, not, we're not in it for that. <laughs> but, uh, I had this thought and it has to do with camaraderie, like, um, spread across the industry. Mm. Um, what if like, this is a very specific thing that I would do. What if like a studio or a gym, like they're like, Oh, it's our turn. We're going to host a class and all the, all the instructors from across the industry are invited and we're going to do this class together and we're going to have it at our studio. And afterwards we're going to have happy hour. We're just going to like connect and share stories and bond. And then next month, another studio will do it. And we'll keep doing that. I love um, that. I'm putting it out into the universe yeah, right now. Yeah, we'll make it happen. We'll, we'll, it'll be sponsored by Off the Waitlist. Yes. And we'll do, we'll do like a pod recording. Yeah. That'd be I fun. Mean, you heard it here first. Yeah, that's right. If this happens in the future, we're going to play this back and be like, this is where this idea started from. We're going to be like, we have the receipts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that. I think, I think A... I don't, you know, I've never been in another market before as far as fitness goes. So I only know Seattle. So I'm not sure. I think we do a relatively good job at least faking like we care about other people in the industry or other studios in the industry. I know I do. Um, I like to support all like, you know, all the fitness studios around here. I, you know, I, I take pride in the fact that I've taken a lot of classes at other studios. Um, and everyone's very welcoming 
and you know everyone's yeah. you know i think i think seattle has space for an event like that because i think we all support each other for the most part i think you're right and i you definitely inspired me like you showed up a lot um especially you know like while berries was still closed like you really showed up a lot for us in the industry and um that meant a lot for sure it still means a lot i appreciate that thank you um who would you like to hear on the off the waitlist podcast and you have to help us get them or her oh man or them i have i got three people i have two local people yes and and a chicago person like i i mean i wouldn't be where i am a lot like without alex sweeney she is like a lot of y'all know alex sweeney she's got yes. three kids she's an iron man she is uh streaming at jack's jack's fitness but she was like we were like partners in crime for a long time at flywheel in seattle and like she's just a really inspiring person and she's very honest and real about like her life as a mother and and a fitness professional and it would be great to like hear what she has to say for sure love it um i mean we all know and respect ashley davies uh gosh I, ashley I'm, davies. I'm working on it <laughs> yeah i'm sure you are i mean she has done so much for the um the running community the black lives matter movement the body positivity movement um she's just she's incredible yeah um she's dope dope um there is a gal who is in chicago her name is kim denino um she works for les mills okay. um, on the on the corporate level but she's also um a cycle instructor and um she suffered an incredible loss i think in 2019 she lost her partner and um her journey kind of like back to health and mental health and the way it shaped the way that she teaches her fitness classes. Mm. That's an amazing um, story to hear too. Cool. Oh, I can't, I can't wait to randomly reach out to them and be <laughs> like, Hey, Alicia Miller told me that you should be on my podcast that five people listen to. Um, <laughs> I'll give her a heads up. I'll be like, get yeah. ready, Kimmy. <laughs> Someone random's going to message you. So yeah, great. Great. Um, okay. Our time is running out. I want to be respectful of your time. We got through it. Uh, in closing, I always have my people let the people listening know where they can find you on your socials, uh, what studios you're at, so we can support in any way possible. It's basically a self-promo, but it's not because I'm making you do it. So go ahead. Thank you. Um, okay, so I'm at Flow Fitness in Seattle. Um, two locations. I'm at Shred 415 um, in Seattle, soon to be also in Bellevue, which, which is super exciting. Which is a lot exciting. of fun. You need to go check them out. Check them out. Um, I'm also at Lifetime Fitness in Bellevue, uh, teaching like cycle and hit for them. Um, I'm at home. I live stream. And all of that is on my link tree on my Instagram. So my Instagram is my full name without the R because somebody took it. So it's, that son of a gun. <laughs> so it's Alicia Miller, but without the R. Yeah, that's my Instagram I, handle. I didn't even notice that, I don't think. 
Uh, we'll, we'll tag that in our posts when we post this. Um, thank you so much for your time. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Like, thank you for being who you are. I love, what I love about you is not only your class, your programming and your presence. It's just, I love being around you because there's just not a shred of ego and it's just all good vibes. So thank you, Moses. Oh, I appreciate you. Thank you for saying that for inflating my ego. Now I get to go home (laughs) and be like, yeah, I'm the shit. You are the shit. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you so much again for your time. Alicia, go catch her on her Instagram page, Alicia Miller without the R. Go find her at all the places that she just mentioned. Uh, Thank you so much for doing this. This was so fun. We'll catch up again. Thank you. See you later. Bye. Bye.